Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Trade Talk. Uh, missed you guys for the past few days here, but wanted to see what the markets were doing and how things would settle down after we had the November, uh, sorry, November, January 6th runoff in Georgia. Uh, it seems like everything went according to the Democratic plan, though I thought the Republicans would still maintain the seat. However, it makes for a very favorable policy outlook. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about volatility, uh, specifically uh, volatility dynamics in the market. I, for one, have a very strong thesis on what volatility is to come in our markets uh, based off of the Georgia runoff and a storming of the Capitol. It seems that we're in a particular situation where the VIX is above 20. Anytime the VIX is above 20, it means that general consensus of the market is uh, things are unstable or they're headed towards a correction. The VIX is a Chicago Board of Exchange index that measures um, the bullishness or the bearishness of the S&P 500. So as we're here with the VIX and most economists are looking at the first quarter as a grim outlook with some gold sell-off and uh, copper metals as a whole selling off. Some people are fearing inflation. Some people are fearing deflation. Deflation of the currency, inflation of the prices. Well, the deflation is already happening, as you can see that um, the Japanese yen continues to gain on the U.S. dollar. However, I don't think deflation is really our issue here. I think more so volatility is our issue uh, because there are some factors that will make volatility ever-present within this new market. Originally, I thought within my thesis that markets will remain um, flat. I, I wasn't thinking that volatility would be here. But then as I went and, dig, and dug deeper and really looked into where we could find the volatility, I said, oh, this makes perfect sense. So before I get into where you can find the volatility, let's just frame the thesis as a whole. Thesis is markets will remain volatile with earnings season and the quarter after quarter following will be very telling of if we have a correction or not. So again, markets will remain volatile with earnings season quarter over quarter telling if we're going to have a correction or not. So let's get into why that thesis is and where it comes from. There's a particularly interesting aspect to this current economy in that it somewhat mimics uh, 1999 in the year 2000 in the dot-com. Uh, the really important difference is, is that in this environment, the public is setting, uh, are pretty much setting prices right? Because there isn't enough money that people are earning from wages. They're getting supplemental income from unemployment. And what they are buying or how they're feeling to set the market is what the market is being set at. And it's been happening pretty, pretty consistently. And that's because there's little risk to the consumer with an unlimited upside. Your quantitative easing packages and your CARES packages are all putting money into people's pockets. 
with having little to no risk. Hey, I don't have to go get a job. I'm still going to get money. Or if I go get a job and I'm still underemployed, I'll get money. Or if I am a gig worker and I do some service-based business, self-employed, I get money. So this is very big for what the economy looks like and how it's comparing back to uh, 1999 and 2000. But here's where we're going to find the cracks. So very specifically, you have a situation where earnings season is going to determine what we really have going on in our markets. Like if the earnings season is weak, then you're going to see the companies are not going to be able to service this cheap debt that they're getting. The framework works in such a way that companies are taking on cheap debt at low interest rates right now. If earnings and cash flows don't remain strong or they're not buoyed by how much federal stimulus is given to these companies, then you should slowly see them not being able to service the debt over the next few years. A consistent amount of earnings not meeting expectations should have the market correct correct 20%, hence sending the volatility running. And this is why we want to talk about volatility in the market. This is where you see your exposure for anyone who is invested in this market and trying to see where things are going or what will be the fulcrum for 2021. So if you've heard from me before, you already know I think there's particular things that in the first quarter of 2021, um, well, actually, I can't say the first quarter. They'd be reporting the fourth quarter. I haven't had a thesis on the first quarter of 2021 yet. So forgive me for even saying that. But as we are going forward here, what I do want to emphasize is earnings misses will cause an issue and it'll be a 20% correction. However, we also have an, uh, a particular issue of how long speculation lasted in the market in the 1999-2000.com uh, crash. We had a lot of speculation at that time, and that's what we're getting here is a lot of speculation trading based off of um, anywhere from Tesla to other companies. You have Elon Musk now as the wealthiest person in the world with a company that makes no profit and no free cash flow and um, has sizable amount of midterm debt. You know, these things don't make sense and it's based off of speculation. It's not saying that there's any there's some sort of issue that's going on with Tesla because the issue that's going on with Tesla is more so quantitative easing, not something that they're doing so ridiculously fabulously that it warrants something like this. However, that is just the case. We are where we are and things are how they are. But the other one lasted 18 months. We're six months in to um, a speculative market. And I think somewhere between this um, six months to 24 months, we should see a correction. As I said, I think that we get a systematic recession coming into the last year. So the third or the late third year of the Biden presidency, I think we start to see a systematic recession rumble there. But before that time, I think we just only have volatility corrections and you can make money into the volatility index. If you can find it cheaper or it touches 20 or goes below 20, buy as much as you can. Buy your options how you can. If you see the S&P hit a 4,000 price target, 
which I think is very realistic. We're not too far off from there. You still buy more of the volatility index. It'll be there for you to make some money, in my opinion. Furthermore, as I've just looked through the um, economy and I, and I say what happens in the second quarter to affect volatility, start to look at vaccine distribution and continued, um, and continued production cuts in oil. So though those may seem completely apples and oranges, you know that we talked about it before that we'd have those vaccines uh, rolling out to essential workers and things of that nature on the first quarter. By the second quarter, we should see um, all, most of the developed nations vaccinated or well on their way to vaccination. So with that being said, as I said before, it gives a mentality of a, of an end in sight, you know, or light at the end of the tunnel. So it is good to have inflation hedges. We would have Currency deflation, so we should want to make sure we catch inflation hedges. If you catch any sell-offs on gold or metals, you would like to buy metals, gold specifically. Bitcoin is running because you have deflation of uh, fiat currency, so you buy your Bitcoin to hedge. Then gold is spilling over into BTC. Got it. Healthcare is also another strong place as a hedge because... Biopharma, which is healthcare, is going to make a lot of money over these over pretty much the next year. It will hedge your portfolio. Um, after the second quarter, and we get into the second half of the year, I would say look for things to reinflate if we are having a successful um, what do you call it? a successful reopening. If there's reopening and it's strong. You will see earnings of companies stay strong and remain strong, and we can avoid what I think is a major correction or rolling into a systematic recession due to defaults in corporations and some other things of that nature. However, I do say that with that not happening and we have uh, companies having stronger balance sheets, be Pretty beneficial to short your uh, volatility position or not just mess with volatility at all. So, again, it's case by case. You got to look at it for, by each quarter. Um, I would say that the Capitol Hill riots were like a crescendo to just a bitter presidency where there, were a lot of, there was a lot of opposition, a lot of gridlock. And perhaps having Democrats in the Senate would create a situation where everything is smoothly favorable. But I can't see that it just runs so smoothly. I think there will still be people who are opposed to certain things. But I also think that us having a situation where Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and I would assume Biden are all on a page of being aggressive with printing money. This bodes well for people who uh, want to bet volatility leading into earnings or playing it early. I think it's a good trade that if you're playing it, you're going to cut off a lot of uh, other traders ahead before they get there. But, you know, could be completely wrong. However, it'll just be based on their earnings at the end of the day.
as the thesis says. Right now, the S&P 500 is already above its projected range. Things are extremely frothy and overextended, but they could run to 4,000. It seems to say like you sound indifferent about the whole matter. It's not about sounding indifferent. It's about realistically knowing that each time they pump money, you have, you know, you're, you're going to make another leg up. And then they'll go back to the negotiating table for what they want to pump up next. You hear everyone saying $2,000. You have no realistic idea of when the 2000 is going to come, but they're promising it so the American public will be committed to receiving it. And if they're rece- committed to receiving it, they're going to have to find a way to do it or back out on their word and have a whole different set of problems. So in order to get that 2000 passed, how much gridlock is it going to take for that? Every time there's gridlock, it doesn't matter that people are like, or, or the idea is that they're being fed. We know that they're not. We know that people don't have enough money. You know that states are trying to issue uh, stimulus packages and fighting and debating each other about how much to give and not wanting to drain their coffers um, to make these payments. So there's nothing that's very clear about this, that just because you have a Democratic um, a democratic favorable Senate and all that, that you're just going to walk into the sunset and get everything you want. More than likely, you continue the same political gridlock, you extend volatility throughout these markets, and corporate earnings will serve as uh, just another leg up in proving that this is unsustainable. Because the only way it can remain sustainable is with government money, as it's been said over and over and over again. And when earnings prove that the companies are not expanding in a robust way because they're expecting market growth or equity growth, excuse me, uh, this year, in 2021, if we're not catching that, the bells are going to ring and some people are going to tip it off and say, hey, we're looking into another 1999, 2000. So hopefully this episode found you well and you got a good understanding of what I'm talking about. Mainly it's just saying that volatility will remain in the market, even though most people think that we have a Democratic Senate and favorable policy making. However, company earnings are going to determine whether there is volatility or not. Companies are expected to earn well, not a little bit, but well due to a recovery V-shaped as Trump wanted. If they do not return well, similar to September of 2020, you should start seeing some corrections over time. And if those quarters start to stack on top of each other, you will see an overall very strong correction, more than 20%. That's this episode of Trade Talk, and I hope this finds you well. Tune into the next one. L.A. Aiko, signing out. Goodbye.